Alright, that's enough of that. What's going on, everybody? My name is Caton Berry, and welcome to another episode of Movies and Things, where we talk about all things movie, pop culture, entertainment, and just pretty much anything I want to talk about in the entertainment world. And so today we're continuing, I'm continuing my series of Halloween themed reviews. It is the month of October, so all month long we're doing Halloween-based episodes. Last week I talked about the Joker, and for if you can't tell by my little introduction there, for this week's episode, we're going to be talking about, or I'm going to be talking about, the Addams Family. Mostly we're going to be talking about the two live-action films that came out in the 90s that were directed by Barry Sonnenfeld. Those are staples of the genre every year. You see them played on Freeform slash ABC Family all the time. And they're ones that everyone loves to watch. They're so funny. They have good stories. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And then after we talk about that, I'm going to give some brief thoughts on the new animated Adams Family film, which I have not seen yet, but... There was something I wanted to say about it and kind of how I think (laughs) kind of a negative that I'm just sort of seeing about that film going in, even though I have no plans to see it. So anyways, so thanks for tuning in and stick around for the episode. I hope you enjoy it. But before we go any further, something else I'd also like to remind you all of is that we have a facebook fan page now if you go to the movies and things podcast fan page on facebook you'll find us i post all new episodes there and i mean i post them all on here too so you know but if you want to stay a little more up to date with the with the podcast you can definitely go join the facebook page give us give us a like you can also reach out to me on my own personal Facebook page, which is just Kate and Barry. And so anyway, so thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the episode and I hope kind of like last week, these Halloween themed episodes are really helping you get in the spirit of the season. So stick around and we'll be back. So let's get to talking about the two Adams Family movies. We're talking about the two live action ones. And those are The Adams Family and then the sequel Adams Family Values. So I went back and rewatched these the other day. It, to be honest, it had been a while since I'd seen the first one. And I don't think I'd ever seen the second one. And so, but they had them both on. Uh, I was going to say ABC Family, but they call it Freeform now. That's kind of weird. But So I was watching them on Freeform. And you know what? They are very, very funny movies. I really love the sort of macabre and dry sense of humor that they have. A lot of the jokes, especially, especially in the first one and the second one as well, 
they they say them so deadpan and they come so fast that sometimes you have to kind of backtrack and think, wait, that was a joke I just heard because they say it so quickly. But they're all really, really funny. It's difficult for me to say which of the characters I think is the funniest because pretty much all of them have hilarious lines. I would say my least favorite is probably, well, technically Lurch has the least lines, obviously, but my least favorite, I think, member of the Adams Family is probably Pugsley because at least in the movies, he just doesn't really have that much to do other than get tortured by Wednesday. And to be fair, Wednesday Adams could be my favorite. I know Christina Ricci was only a kid when she played the part, but you know, she really killed it that with that deadpan delivery that at that uh Wednesday Adams has. I think my favorite joke in the first movie, it comes towards the end when she and Pugsley have set up their own lemonade stand and this snooty little uh, Girl Scout cookie seller comes up to them and I'm going to explain this joke so, so horribly, so forgive me, but she goes up to the lemonade stand Wednesday says, oh, would you like to buy some lemonade? And the girl says, you know, like I said, she's really snooty. She says, well, I can only drink lemonade if it's made from real lemons and kind of makes a big deal about that. And then she says, she says, I'll make you a deal. How about I trade you a glass of your lemonade for a box of my Girl Scout cookies? And then Wednesday says, that depends. Are they made of real Girl Scouts? That, that killed me. That line made me burst out in laughter I just thought it was so funny and I also really love Christopher Lloyd as Uncle Fester I mean I know Christopher Lloyd has obviously gone to play more iconic roles such as Doc Brown and Back to the Future but the the work on Uncle Fester not just the makeup work but how he completely embodies the character He's almost unrecognizable. In fact, to be honest with you, when I was re-watching these movies, I forgot that Christopher Lloyd was Uncle Fester. And then about 20 minutes into the first movie, I realized, I said, hey, that's Christopher Lloyd. And so I just love that. What I love about these two Adams Family movies is... They almost kind of feel like a live-action version of The Simpsons. A lot of the jokes feel very Simpson-y in a good way, which might be hard to explain to someone that has never watched The Simpsons, but a lot of it's just very, uh, like I said, dry, sarcastic, but also very creative. <laughs> I just, I love, I just love all the characters. Now, getting into talking about the two films a bit more critically, I will say, comparing Adam's Family and Adam's Family Values, they're kind of two sides of the same coin in some ways because 
Adam's Family Values, it's definitely one of those sequels that, in a good way, feels like it could be um, put right together with the first one. Kind of like Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, how you watch Chamber of Secrets and it feels virtually the same as the Sorcerer's Stone, even though it's not the same. These two Adam's Family movies are like that, which is good because it makes for good back-to-back viewing or you view them whenever you want i think the the plots of them are interesting though because normally when it comes to the first one normally in films i really hate it when the story is so simplistic and you know how it's gonna play out and basically for those of you who don't know the story of the first one is that uncle fester supposedly has gone missing and then Christopher Lloyd and uh, Christopher Lloyd plays a character named Harold or I think his name might be Harold I'm not sure and he happens to look a lot like Uncle Fester and then he has this evil mom and they're kind of working this scheme to pretend that he's Uncle Fester in order to get the family's money and to be fair, when you watch it, I feel like you don't, if you've never seen it before, you don't know quite all the specific beats of how the story is going to play out, but you know that clearly, somehow, Christopher Lloyd is actually playing Uncle Vester and not, like I said, some dude named Harold or whatever his name is. And so... The movie does wrap that up fairly nicely towards the end. And normally with a plot like that, I would say that that is just really simplistic. And sometimes that can make a movie not very interesting. But something that I think is important when you when you have a movie with a simple plot, you have to have other things that elevate that. Or a movie with any flaw, there have to be other things that kind of help push those flaws, you know, they help uh, even out those flaws a little bit. And what really helps the first film even out its flaws, like I said, is the humor and the cast. The acting is really phenomenal. Everyone feels like they are those characters. Nobody feels like their actors playing those characters. And you got kind of give kudos to the creative team behind the Adams Family films. Uh, Barry Sonnenfeld was the director. Because when you go back and look at old episodes of the Adams Family sitcom, you know, the one in black and white, e- even though some of the humor and characters are similar, the movies definitely give it more of an edge. It's almost like if anyone's ever seen, not that it's any good, but the Brady Bunch movie, which stars different actors playing the Brady Bunch. And it was filmed in like the 90s. And it has a lot of humor that you just wouldn't have found in a typical Brady Bunch episode. This is kind of like that, only I think it works better here because the humor really fits the environment. 
And that's another thing that the film is definitely commendable for is it, especially in the design of the Adams family house, it really feels like something almost out of like a Tim Burton movie almost, or for anyone that has seen the, uh, the uh, Lemony Snicket series, series of unfortunate events movie with Jim Carrey and uh, Count Olaf in that movie, who's played by Jim Carrey. He has he has like a giant mansion, but it's very run down and macabre. This is kind of like that. Or like I said, something out of Tim Burton. Their house is it is a mansion, but it's not really fancy and well kept. It's got cobwebs and dark corners and it just feels so, it's hard to describe, but the set design in this film, at least the first one and the second one too, is just so good. And there is an argument to be made that maybe it feels a little too much like Tim Burton, almost to the point where it might be just copying Tim Burton, but something else you have to consider is at the time when the first Adams Family movie came out, Tim Burton was still, and I know now his career's gotten more spotty, but at the time, you know, Tim Burton was putting out things like Edward Scissorhands and things like that. And so there's just, sometimes I wonder if there really is much harm in copying something that's already good, if it works for your film. And it works beautifully in both these movies. And the first Adams Family film, and the second one too, they're just so damn funny. Almost not every joke lands. There are a lot of them, so some of them are bound not to land because of how many they throw at you. But the jokes that land, most of them most of the jokes do land and they're all so hilarious. And if you're someone that hasn't seen these films or hasn't seen them in a long time like I had, it really makes you want to keep watching cuz you want to just see how creative it can get. And so Like I said the other day, I watched both Adam's Family movies. I watched the first one, and then I watched the second one, Adam's Family Values. Adam's Family Values definitely has an interesting plot. It's about, it once again revolves around Uncle Fester, which I kind of, I, I know Uncle Fester is kind of the, everyone's favorite character from the Adams family. So I can't say I'm surprised that the sequel was also about him, but I do, if there is one complaint I had more so for the sequel than the first one is that I wish they would have focused the story more on a different character because we already had a movie about uncle Fester and that was the first one. I would have liked to have seen maybe something more about you know, um, Gomez or Morticia or something like that. Maybe even Lurch, who knows? But I just kind of wish, not to say that Uncle Fester shouldn't have been in the movie or shouldn't have had a strong presence. I'm just saying, I I wish they would have maybe used a different character 
to anchor the plot. And with that said, the plot of the second one is definitely really weird. It's about, again, it's about the Adams family, but there's this girl played by Joan Cusack. And she is basically kind of known as a widower. What she does is she goes around, uh, finds very rich men, and then marries them and then kills them after they get married in order to collect life insurance. And so she enters the Adams family clan first kind of pretending to be a babysitter and her plan is to marry Uncle Fester and then kill him so she can inherit a bunch of his money. And I gotta say something this Adams Family Values really pushes the boundary of what qualifies what you can get get away with in a kid's film or at least what you could at the time. To be fair, I know both these films were rated PG-13 when they came out, but generally speaking, they're still considered family films. I mean, like I said, they played on Freeform slash ABC Family the other day. So, but there's a lot of talk in the second one about sex and there's a lot of innuendo and things like that. And I'm just really surprised that there was a time where a kid's film was actually able to get away with talking about stuff like that in such a large capacity. It is not just, it's not just passing references either, all the innuendo. Like, you know, some kid's films like Shrek, they have innuendo like that, but they're passing references and they're sort of jokes But here, no, they have whole conversations that are just, you know, double entendres and things like that. And they're so funny, but they really make me think about, oh, I want to show this to my kid. Not so much in the first film, but definitely in the second one. I feel like the second one, while I I still really like it, it does have a lot of good one-liners. A lot of the good stuff from the first one comes back. But I will say I don't think I like the second one as much as I like the first one. One of my other biggest detractors of Adam's Family Values is there's a subplot that focuses on the kids, Wednesday and Pugsley, going to, like, a summer camp. And don't get me wrong, I love all the stuff with Wednesday and Pugsley Anything with Wednesday is just hilarious because Christina Ricci just did an incredible job in her performance, especially for a kid actor. It really is quite amazing how she just nailed that part. My problem isn't so much the scenes themselves. It's just that this subplot that involves the two kids, it it's a bit of a double-edged sword for me because... On the one hand, I like that they gave the kids more to do in this one. But on the other hand, it's a subplot that never really matters. Nothing that really happens in this subplot ever intersects with 
what happens in the main plot of the film. There's no... it. The two plots just don't connect at all. Other than at the beginning when they give them a reason to go to summer camp. And even though the stuff with Wednesday and Pugsley at summer camp was hilarious and I loved watching it. It just didn't gel very well with the story for me. Which, like I said, I thought the main story was not not awful by any means. And it's definitely not as simple as the first film. But it it just didn't... I I just felt like uh, more could have been done with the main story revolving around Uncle Fester. I honestly think if you wanted to make the main story more about the kids and maybe have the stuff with Uncle Fester be a subplot, I actually think that maybe could have worked more to the film's advantage. But like I said before, what really can help a film make up for a flaws is its strengths and just like the first Adams family Adams family values also has basically the same strengths as the first one I don't think it's as funny um not not as many of the jokes land in the second one but the ones that do land and there are still a good number they hit bullseyes and It's funny to me because, like I said before, I feel like the writing in these films is very Simpson-esque. Almost like if you did a live-action film of The Simpsons. Heaven forbid that happened. You're welcome for the the nightmare in your head. (laughs) But a lot, like I said, a lot of it just really reminded me of what you would see on a classic Simpsons episode. And actually... It was the second film that really drove that home for me because there's a part towards the end of the second film where Joan Cusack's character has the entire family hooked up to these electric chairs. And there's an old uh, classic episode of The Simpsons. I, I think it's episode... It's in the first season. It's probably within the first 10 episodes where the entire family has to go to therapy and the therapist, basically every method he tries with them fails. And so he has to resort to shock therapy and he gets them all in these electric chairs and they're all like telling things about each other and they're all getting shocked and they're all shocking each other. And so this sort of reminded me of that a little bit in a good way. Like I said, there's nothing wrong with borrowing or even sometimes copying with stuff that has come before to help elevate the TV show or film or product that you're trying to put out. There's nothing wrong with that as long as it fits. And in this case, it does. What I think is really neat just about these two Adams Family films in general is, especially looking back on the original TV show, They really did a good job of both staying true to the original characters, but also doing their own thing. This version of the Addams Family really doesn't feel like an extension of the television show in any way, and in a good way. It feels like it could stand on its own. You don't even have to have seen the television show to 
watch this movie or appreciate this movie. You can appreciate this movie on its own. It's very much deserving of its spot as a as a Halloween classic. I guess I guess a family Halloween classic. People watch these every year, you know, with Hocus Pocus and Nightmare Before Christmas. They're just great films. And what I really, like I said, what I really like about them is they stand on their own and they're really, really good dark comedies. They kind of, in spirit, also remind me a little bit of the Ghostbusters films, just kind of for, eh, I guess the tones are a little different, but just sort of the whole, you know, having supernatural characters and kind of making jokes, stuff like that. They, they just feel a little similar to me. But anyway, so, as we all know now, these are now no longer the only two Adams Family films. There was a new one that came out last week. But to be honest, I don't think I'm going to see the new one the new animated version and please just stay tuned for my reasons why (laughs) all right so welcome back so now we're going to talk about this new animated adam's family movie that's come out in like the past week or so I I was on the fence about maybe going to see it after I rewatched the original two Adam Samuel films. But after hearing things about it, I, I'm not, I'm probably not going to see it unless I'm bored one evening. Even though I haven't seen it, I have a lot to say just about, I I don't know, a lot of things. Cause the more I'm thinking about it, the more it actually kind of makes me a little sad because like I said earlier, you know, the original two Adams family films, they are generally speaking family films in spite of some questionable content. But something I've been noticing these past few years is that there really aren't any family films coming out these days that aren't animated with maybe a few exceptions but it's really really tough to me for me to look back on the past couple of years thinking about family films and come up with any really any that are live action like I said aside from maybe one or two it's kind of it's kind of a bygone area I guess And I kind of think that them doing an animated version of The Addams Family, it is with the new cast and everything like that. I actually, I I know it's just a tiny little film, so I know it's probably not that worth getting upset over. But I think in a lot of ways, it could be seen as maybe the film itself isn't a huge step backward 
but it says a lot about where family films are today. Kids films, whatever you call them. I mean, and yeah, you could say, I mean, technically any movie, if you take your family to it, could be a family film. You know, I mean, the Marvel movies, everyone sees those and kids and family see those. But I'm talking more about family films, like I said, like the original Adams Family or even you could say like Ghostbusters or even Home Alone. There just aren't family films coming out like that these days anymore. And when I first heard they were doing a new Adams Family, to be honest, I was, there's a couple, there's a big reason why I was on the fence about it. When I first heard they were doing another Adams Family, I thought, oh, that could be really good. Then when I heard it was going to be animated, I thought, why? And then when I looked into why, you know, I remembered, well, you know, the Adams Family, they did originally start as a comic strip. And if you look at the uh, visuals, just even in the trailer for this new Adams Family, even though the animation looks pretty much awful... And it looks like something you'd see on like a TV animated film that premiered on something like Nickelodeon. I will say the characters, the character models, they do look like how the characters look in the original comics. So I will say that, but there's just no getting around the fact that this new one, it just looks cheap and lazy. And, you know, I know for some studios animation is not cheap but usually the studios that can make these more expensive animated films not like the Addams Family more like you know something like Coco from Pixar or How to Train Your Dragon from DreamWorks you know those studios can afford to spend a lot of money on an expensive animated film because they know more than likely, they're going to make a lot of money back. And so, it's not as big of a risk for them. But this film is being done by a smaller animation studio. I I looked up to see who it was, and it's the same company that... Or at least I believe, if I'm remembering correctly. It's the same company that did... Uh, the animations... Sorry. It's the same company that did the animations for Sausage Party. You know, the R-rated Seth Rogen anim- animated film came out a couple years ago. And that to me was a, li- a little concerning because for as funny as Sausage Party was, most would agree that the animation was not very good. Other than on the foods themselves and on some some of like the non-human characters the animation was okay on them but for the most part though the animation in sausage party itself really was not that good it looked like something you'd see again like i said on nickelodeon even though sausage party would never air on nickelodeon but yeah, so it didn't really shock me when I found out that they were doing the animation for this new Adams Family movie. And I I just wonder, 
you know, with all of the films that are getting, you know, sequels like, you know, 10, 20 years later now. I mean, hell, they're even doing an actual Ghostbusters sequel in the upcoming years. So sequel to live action film came out some 20 plus years ago. So why not do, if you're going to do another Adams Family, why not do it with a live action cast? Maybe it doesn't even have to be all the same. Because obviously like Christina Ricci and Kid that played Pugsley, they can't play those characters as kids anymore. But why not do something maybe where like the kids grew up or do something like a passing of the torch kind of film in live action? Why on earth? I mean, obviously, the answer to the question with the question being why make an animated Adams Family movie? Well, there's a simple answer to that from a studio perspective. A, like I said, cheap. B, even though, like I said, clearly this studio doesn't have a lot of money to spend on an animated film, it's probably guaranteed to at least make some money back because it is a recognizable brand. People will see it just because they like the Adams Family. So it, it probably could turn a profit. It's a little too early to tell, but I think it could make some. So that's the basic answer of why do an animated Adams Family film cheap? Probably guaranteed to make some profit. But I don't know. It just feels weird to me. Because I I just wish there were more, even though I love animated films, animation is my favorite kind of film. I want to write animated movies one day. I'd love to go work for somewhere like Disney or Pixar or hell, I'd even, I'd even take the people that did Sausage Party if it got me in the door. But I just think there's something to be said because... You know, the age of live-action family films is really kind of a bygone era. There aren't movies coming out these days that are like Home Alone or, you know, the original Adams Family or Ghostbusters or Beetlejuice even. It's just... It's a, it's a bygone era, and it kind of makes me sad. Not that we aren't getting great stories being told in animation, but, you know, it's just, I I wish we got some more live action family films. I think that would be, I I feel like that'd be a good way to balance out the plethora of family films that do come out these days. But let's be honest, like I said, animation in general is relatively, in a lot of ways, it's cheaper than live action. So... You know, kind of a double-edged sword there. But the last thing I want to segue into is... Even comparing this new atrocious version of the Addams Family that's just come out. You could use the Addams Family characters as a really good, or at least decent, example of how different characters can have different interpretations like I said you know they started off as a comic I think it was in the New Yorker it was 
part of the Sunday strips, like, you know, kind of like how we have Garfield or Peanuts now. That's what the Adams Family started as. Then they got their sitcom in the 1950s, which is still really funny if you haven't gone back and watched some of those recently, which I have, and they're pretty great. And that kind of has its own unique identity. And then the two live-action films, Adams Family, Adams Family Values, even though they borrow things from what has come before, they're definitely their own thing as well. And for better or worse, you have this new animated version, which it, it does... I mean, like I said, I haven't seen it, so it might have something more original than I know about. It, it, I mean, maybe the new one doesn't have as much of its own identity as the others because it's taking the version that was in the New York comic strip and putting it on the big screen. So maybe it doesn't have as much of its own voice as the others did because it is taking from something, a version that already existed. But to be fair, it is the first animated Adams Family iteration we've seen. Other than, I believe, there was an animated Adams Family TV show at some point. There have been, there have actually been a couple different Adams Family television shows. It's kind of, they have kind of a long history. But anyways, <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is it's cool to see how the same characters can have more or less different interpretations. It's really neat to see you can compare that almost to something like Batman for example there have been so many different versions of Batman and each one has its own unique voice and the Adams family when you look back at their history is also a very good example of that because there have been so many different iterations there's even there's even a Broadway play or there was a Broadway play about the Adams family so that's how many different interpretations there have been of the Adams family. It's actually, it's actually kind of insane. But there's definitely a lot more than I realized when I first uh, started watching the movies. But anyway, so like I said, those are so those are my thoughts on not only the two Adams family films, but also. And, you know, incorporating some thoughts on the new animated one. Just wanted to talk about, you know, how I think there, there really was a great time in family films where we were getting really good stories and really good characters from live action family films. And we just aren't getting that these days. And I wish we got more. Anyways, though, so those are my concluding thoughts on the Adams family. Thank you all very much for listening. Look forward to more Halloween themed reviews very soon throughout the month of October. And like I said, thank you for listening.